Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Before we look at that, we want to pray and review some things we talked about Wednesday evening. Our Heavenly Father, we come before your presence, giving you thanks for your holy written word and for the Spirit of the living God who instructs us, enlightens us, teaches us, leads us and guides us into all truth and quickens us according unto your word. We believe to be changed from glory to glory this morning even by your Spirit as we study your word together. Thank you for ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds that are open to it. And I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost to proclaim with boldness and accuracy the word of life. We'll give you all the honor and glory for all that's accomplished and achieved among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've been talking about the life of faith, fighting the good fight of faith, and actions that correspond with faith and their importance. In 1 Timothy 6 and 12, we talked about that fight of faith, and we said that faith is a fight. But more than anything else, it's a fight with our own feelings and emotions and our own human reasonings that come against us. We are told in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 that it says we are to walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we are to pursue a course of action that corresponds to the Word of God, not to our own feelings and emotions and human reasonings. We went on to say that in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 26, that we are to be doers of the Word of God. In other words, we're supposed to act out the Word of God and be doers thereof rather than just hearers of the Word of God and not doing what the Word of God says to do. And that is so important that James wrote saying that as the body without the spirit is dead, then so faith without corresponding actions is dead also. And so our faith can be non-productive, even though it still is faith. And we want our faith to be productive, don't we? Absolutely. Well, if we don't act on the Word of God, we'll hinder our own spiritual growth and development because we'll deceive our own hearts, he said. In other words, our spirit man will not be programmed properly and then we'll find ourselves acting improperly and not doing what God would have us to do. And then we said in order to become a doer of the Word of God, we must follow what God told Joshua in chapter 1 and verse 8. That this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day, in other words, daily and night. And we made reference to the fact that that word night there actually means adversity. Or in other words, in the dark hours of life. We're to meditate the Word of God daily and especially when darkness comes or when adversity comes to our lives. Figuratively speaking, that's exactly what he was saying to him. In other words, when all that comes against you, it's not a time to not think about the Word of God. That's a time to think about the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God. Why? That ye may do according to all that is written therein. And if we don't do it, then we have no corresponding actions to our faith. As a result, our faith is what? Dead. Dormant. Just lies there doing nothing. And so follow that precept and example of Joshua 1.8. And then we'll grow and develop in faith and become doers of the Word of God. And then we also saw there in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 10, that even though we're going to suffer for doing this, 
that is in an emotional sense God will do some things for us and you say well what do you mean by suffering emotionally well when you act according to the Word of God your emotions and feelings are not going to line up with it human reasonings will come against us and we'll be in a battle we'll be in a warfare when something goes wrong in our lives our feelings line up with that if someone tells you something bad what happens you have wrong feelings bad feelings and emotions isn't that true when fear begins to grip you and come your way, it triggers off all these terrible feelings and emotions. When somebody criticizes you and rejects you, it triggers off all these feelings and emotions. When someone wrongs you or hurts you in any way, it triggers off all these negative feelings and emotions. Isn't that true? Well, although they're there, we fight against that and we speak the word of faith and act the word of faith and we act in love. And as a result, there's a battle taking place. How many of you know that when you're in a battle, once in a while you're going to get wounded? You can get emotionally hurt. And so we may be emotionally hurt and suffer emotional upheaval for a while because of the battle that we're, you know, involved in. Well, he said that if we'll just stand on the Word of God and humble ourselves before God, even though that battle will be going on, God will perfect us. God will perfect us or complete us. Went on to say that God will establish us. Who establishes us in the Word? God does by His Spirit. Amen. See, we have no control over what takes place on the inside other than giving God opportunity to change us from within as we act upon the Word of God. If we act upon the Word of God, then God can reach in by His Spirit and effect change. We are changed from glory to glory by ourselves? No, even by the Spirit of our God. And so God then will establish us also. He will also strengthen us and that means he will impart to us the spiritual knowledge and the strength that we need on the inside, the spiritual fiber and fortitude that we need to overcome in life. He went on to say that he'll also settle us. In other, in other words, lay a good foundation for us and for our faith lives in spirit. And so can you see that although we may suffer for a while in this emotional arena, in the intellectual arena of life, if we'll just hold fast to the Word of God, God will move on the inside of us and affect change in our spiritual condition. You'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might because you have given yourself to the Word of God. And we also saw that as you continue acting on the Word of God and rejoicing even in trials and tribulations, that the Spirit of glory and of our God will rest upon us. That's good stuff, amen? When God's Spirit and God's glory rest upon you. Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 now. And what I would like to do this morning is to show us this morning that these are not just truths that we've learned about today. Talking about faith, walking in faith, and, and standing against our human reasonings and emotional feelings is not something that we just learned about today. It's not something that somebody just passed to us like a Kenneth Hagin or a Kenneth Copeland or a Fred Price or somebody like that. This new thing, this new life of faith isn't something that they dreamed of. This message, beloved, goes all the way back to the very beginning of it all. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, in fact. God spoke words to them, and they had a choice whether or not they would act on the Word of God or act apart from the Word of God. Satan came along and injected certain thoughts in their minds, and especially in Eve's mind. And what happened? She acted apart from the Word of God and on her own emotional feelings, didn't she? And based on her own human reasonings and intellect, she acted and she fell. 
And Adam fell with her. So this goes all the way back. But I want to show you that even in the Christmas story itself, these truths exist in the lives of the characters that were involved. Let's read, first of all, Matthew 1 and verse 18. And I want to show you that this is a battle in everyone's life. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or private, privately or secretly. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared. Notice while he thought, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth the Son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, first of all, the life of Joseph is often neglected in the Christmas story. Of course, much attention goes to Mary and what took place in her life. Yet, Joseph's life played a vital role in God's plan and also demonstrated certain qualities of life that were absolutely outstanding, certain qualities that each and every one of us should also develop in our lives. For example, if you really take time to look at the life of, of, of Joseph, you must conclude that Joseph was a believing person. In other words, Joseph was a person of faith. See, this is the man that God chose to provide a home for Jesus. And he was not just a man who was a descendant of David. He was also a man of high moral character. As a matter of fact, you'll notice here that it says that he was a just man. That means he, he was a man of deep spirituality and high moral character. He was an individual who sought after righteousness, holiness, and truth. He considered the things of God. He knew the things of God. He knew the Word of God, and he lived a godly life. And as far as he was concerned, righteousness, holiness, and truth was the most important thing to pursue in life. Well, beloved, can you imagine a man of this character and deep spirituality finding out that the woman that he was espoused to was pregnant? Can you imagine what emotional upheaval he must have encountered in his life? Can you imagine the thoughts that came against him at that particular time? Well, you might say, well, they were just engaged. But, you know, if you look at it in those days, to be a spouse to somebody, that means he was betrothed. And what it means is this. He, as far as the law was concerned, was already acknowledged as being her husband. And she was recognized as being his wife. The engagement period was a, 
a solemn contract between the individuals that was just as binding as the marital union itself and relationship itself. Therefore, if anybody did anything like committed unfaithfulness, as far as they were concerned, they committed adultery. And as a result of committing adultery, they were to be taken publicly in the city and to be stoned to death. But you see, in those particular days, because of the uh, Roman rule and government, they were not permitted to carry out this death sentence penalty without the cooperation of the Roman government. And therefore, what they did was, instead of carrying it out, they just subjected the individual to public humiliation and disgrace. They would go through a legal divorce and make a public example of the individual who committed the sin. Now, you can only imagine the myriad of thoughts that went through Joseph's mind at this particular time. I mean, this is a very important part of his life. And now he discovers she's pregnant. She's been unfaithful to me. What am I going to do? Well, first of all, you have to imagine this man cannot take Mary aside and talk to her privately because even though they were a spouse, they were not allowed to live together and they were not allowed to be alone publicly. As a result, he couldn't knock on Mary's door and say, well, Mary... You're pregnant. What happened? What's going on? Who are you seeing? How'd this thing occur? You know, and all that. Also, he didn't have the advantage that we have. Someone might come along and say, well, just read Luke's gospel, Joseph. We got the whole account of it. Here, I'll give you a copy. New Testament. Red letter edition. Read it right there. Haven't you read the Christmas story yet, Joseph? What's the matter with you? See, sometimes we think that's how it happened. That's how it took place. But, you know, really, he was a man with emotional feelings like any one of us. This man is emotionally hurt. Can you understand that? Now, he's thinking in his mind, what am I going to do? Should I sneak privately and find her and ask her, what's going on? Why have you been unfaithful to me? All he knows is that she's pregnant. She's with child. And being a just man, you realize he couldn't tolerate sin. And so what's he going to do? Well, he makes a decision. Even though this appears to be sin, and this should take place, she should be publicly stoned and put to death and all this. I, I just can't do that to Mary. I think what I'll do is I'll just put her away privately, secretly. We'll just end this relationship this way. Not make a public example of her, even though I'm hurt and all that. And we'll just do it secretly or privately. Well, as far as Joseph was concerned, it seemed like a major part of his life was just about to come to an end. He had high hopes. He envisioned a beautiful life together with Mary. But now he's destroyed. He's contemplating all this and he's thinking about all this. He doesn't know what to do. And the only thing he concludes is, I don't want to disgrace her. I'll just end it. You talk about a battle. Look at verse 20. But while he thought. You know, it pays to give time to thought. You know that? 
You know, very often God will speak to us during those times. Now, Lord, what shall I do? You can see my hurt. I have no choice being an upright man of high moral character but to turn her over to the law. But you know, I love her. And I don't really want to do that. And I know the Roman government has the part to play in this. And really, we don't have to stone her to death because, you know, we really can't without their cooperation. I don't want to humiliate her that way. I know what I'll do, Lord. I, I know. I'll just do this thing secretly. We'll just do this thing apart from everybody else and we'll just end the relationship and we'll get out of this thing secretly, privately, so that nobody disgraces her. And while he's thinking about this, all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord. Now notice, on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. I want you to notice this. There was an appearance based on physical evidences, based on what he had heard in the natural realm. And all of a sudden, an angel appears to present to him another aspect of what took place. And he says to him in a dream, Joseph, thou son of David, reminding him of his heritage and of the promises of God. I want you to notice he appeals to his spirituality. He appeals to what this man knows about the Word of God. He reminds him by saying, Thou son of David. You see, to them it was very important as to what line they came from. That's why we have the genealogies in here. It's very important to a Jew to know where he came from. And that's why when we talk about Jesus, who he is, of the root of David, line of Judah, and go through all his history, because it shows where he came from. Same thing with the Levitical priesthood. You couldn't be a priest if you didn't come from out of that line. It's understandable. And so the angel reminds him, Now listen, Joseph, thou son of David, there are promises that have been made in the Word of God, and you know of them. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And he, she, she shall bring forth the Son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And then, of course, he was raised up out of sleep. He was reminded of the scripture that pointed to the virgin giving birth. And he was told not to fear or be concerned or be destroyed by what he knows to be true, that is, her being pregnant. Now, Joseph has a decision to make, doesn't he? Joseph has to decide as to whether or not he is going to allow his emotional feelings, his human reasonings, to dictate to his life, or if he's going to allow what the Word of God said to be true to dictate to his life. The Word that he received from an angel that confirmed the Word of God that was spoken many years ago. Remember, he is a man robed in flesh just like we are. You realize how hard it is to believe that the woman that you're going to marry, who is now pregnant, that child that's in her womb is of the Holy Ghost and not of another human being? He's got a war with this thing. And I'm sure there was a battle that was raging on the inside of him. 
My goodness, can it be true that we are the ones? Can you see that? If you look at yourself and your own human flesh and, and, and all of a sudden God moves upon your heart to do something, you say, can it really be that God wants to use me? I mean, I read where He's going to use people and they're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with tongues and preach for Him and all that, but me? Is it really true that it will be me? Joseph had to feel the same way. Mary had to feel the same way. And so here's this battle that he's encountering in his mind. Do I believe God? Or do I believe that she was unfaithful to me? She was with somebody else. She's no longer a virgin. I've got to put her away. Well, Joseph was a man of faith. He was a man of faith who put God's word up above his emotional feelings and thoughts. I mean, wouldn't you want to run to her if, you know, any guy out there and say, Mary, is it true that the Holy Ghost came upon you and that thing which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost? Is it really true that you being a virgin are right now pregnant by the power of the Most High God? Is it true that the child that is within thee is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God? Or were you indeed unfaithful to me? But you see, he couldn't even go talk to her about it. He had to just trust. Is there a battle in your life today? It's not an easy thing to set aside your human feelings and emotions and just trust God. And even though we can go to others and talk to them about the problem, find out this and find out that, he couldn't. It's not an easy thing to just trust God if you look at it from an intellectual perspective. There was a battle in his life. It was called fighting the good fight of faith. I've got to trust God. I got to believe that she was not unfaithful to me because of the word that came to me by an angel that was confirming the word of God that was spoken many years ago. And Joseph, being the man of faith that he was, trusted God. The second thing that characterized his life was the fact that he was a caring person. Joseph was without doubt a caring person. And of course, once again, this is acting out our faith. If we want to know corresponding actions to faith, First of all, we've got to believe God. Be a believing person who puts the Word of God above our feelings and emotions. And all these things that don't seem right according to logic and human reasoning, we've got to learn to set aside and say, you know what? All things are possible with God. No matter how I feel, no matter what the appearance, remember the appearance of sin, that's what it appeared to be, that's what it looked like, will not dictate to what I believe. I believe that what God said is true. I tell you what, beloved, I believe that Joseph was the only one who believed that the child in Mary's womb was of the Holy Ghost and not of another man in all of Jerusalem. Did any an angel appear to any of the other guys and tell him? Not according to the Word of God. Can you see that? He was a caring person. He cared for Mary's well-being. But first and foremost, he cared about the things of God. Even before this angel came to him to tell him what really took place in Mary's life, he cared enough for that woman not to disgrace her or humiliate her publicly. He already made that decision in his mind before the angel ever came. What a quality. Now, remember, he's doing this out of deep emotional hurt. This man has just had the rug pulled out from beneath him. He's just found out his wife-to-be has been unfaithful. 
He doesn't know anything else, but he still cares so much for her. He does not want to disgrace her. Brother, that is an act of faith. Actions of faith. Demonstrating a caring attitude in the midst of turmoil and upheaval and apparent evil and sin. But yet, he did not look down upon her for the sin. He cared for her as a human being. We can learn a lesson from that today, beloved. So often many are ready to destroy somebody because of an appearance of evil. And we shouldn't be quick to do that. Can you imagine if he was so narrow-minded so as not to believe God? What would have happened? God would have had to find somebody else. Just as Mary, if she had not given herself to God, you think God's plan would have been stopped? No, God would have had to find somebody else. How many of you know that no one's indispensable? Think about it. He'll use us if we're willing to be used. If we choose not to believe, if we choose not to be used, he'll find somebody else. God's work will not be stopped. And so Joseph then demonstrates this particular quality. He is a caring person. Also, he demonstrated his concern for her, if you think about it, even afterward when he cared for her and for the child, Jesus, when he was born. Very often he was warned in dreams as to what to do. Take Mary and the child with you and escape because, you know, you must fear for his life. And you know that whole story. But the point I want to bring out is that Joseph cared enough to do those particular things. Not every person would just pack up their bags and leave and go this way and go that way. It's not an easy thing to do. But he did because he cared. Can you see how sensitive he was to God and the things of God? You see how much faith he had to believe that when that angel said, get yourself and the child, Mary and the child out, he had to do that. He cared for their well-being. And as you read through the entire story, like I said, not a whole lot is said, but you can see he is a person of faith. You can see he is one who cares. And thirdly, he also was a giving person. You see, it'll be a battle of faith, beloved, for us to be a believing person. It'll be a battle of faith for us to be a caring person. Because in this world in which we live, the message comes to us, don't care about anybody but yourself. Just take care of, number one, yourself. Everybody's out to care for themselves. It's how I feel. It's what I want. Etc., etc., etc. But you see, it takes faith. Because with all that world trying to dictate to us to be selfish and self-centered and self-willed, we must not yield to that but rise up in faith and say, no, even though I was hurt like Joseph was hurt, no, I'm still going to care about people. I'm still going to care about humanity. I'm still going to care about those that are lost and dying in the world. I'm still going to care about the sick and the afflicted. I'm still going to care about the widows. I'm still going to care. But you know how bad you've been hurt by people? It doesn't matter. I'm still going to care. Jesus is my example, not others. Be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Be like a Joseph who says, I'll still care in the midst of it all. That is a battle with our emotions. He cared out of deep emotional hurt. He was a giving person. You know, beloved, it takes faith to give yourself to God. It's an act of humility for the sinner to save. I can't save myself. I must believe in God's plan of redemption. 
There'll be a battle raging, no doubt, coming against us to say, you don't need to accept Christ. You can make it on your own. Just be a good enough person. But Joseph knew better than that. He knew to follow God's plan. He was a person of faith. He was one who cared. He was one who gave himself to God regardless of what his reasoning said, regardless of what his emotionals, emotional feelings said. Nothing dictated to him but the Word of God. He put the Word of God first. He held firm. He may have suffered for a while in his emotions, but God perfected his faith. God established him in the Word. God laid a solid foundation for him in faith, in his spirit. And he was immovable and invincible when it came to carrying out the program and plan of God for his, Mary's, and Jesus' life. Can you see how stalwart he was in faith? How strong? He cared and he gave himself to the things of God first and foremost. That's why God could find him and say, by the angel, Joseph, son of David. You know what the scripture said. You see, he gave himself to God. He gave himself to God. And the first and most important step you can ever make in life is to give yourself to God. Give yourself to God. But he also gave himself to his wife, didn't he? He gave himself not only to God and spiritual things, but to his wife. And if you would consider this, you can see just what kind of faith he must have had to do this. He knew what people would say about his situation if he were to marry if he were to go through with the wedding ceremony in her condition in Jerusalem, there with all the people, can you imagine this? All the Jews, all the people, all those that were gathered around, can you imagine this? What scandal? Can you imagine this? All that was coming against them? Here you are, you're going to marry her. You know that she's pregnant. Can you imagine him standing on a street corner saying, but you don't understand. An angel came and said, this is not unfaithfulness. She's conceived the Christ child, the Messiah. Right. Sure, Joseph. He's had a few too many. Who would have believed him? Everywhere they went, the public humiliation. But... He gave himself to God. He gave himself to Mary. He believed God. He believed in the Word of God enough to say, we'll stand against all the criticism. We'll stand against all the rejection. We'll stand against anything they would say about us, anything they would think about us, and anything they would do to us. We'll stand against it all because we know God is in it. He gave himself to God. He gave himself to his wife. He took her as his wife. And then you'll see there's something else important here that shows that he was a giving person and not a selfish per person. Joseph respected Mary's virginity until Christ was actually born. Now I want you to see this. Here is a man of faith. Here is a man who cares. Who is a man? Here is a man who gave himself to God and gave himself to his wife, willing to take her and face all the humiliation and all the contradiction and everything else that would come against him. But also, he believed so much in the plan and purpose of God, he didn't want anything to go wrong. 
And so he says, I will not touch her. I will respect her virginity until Christ is born. He gave himself. He denied himself. He followed the plan of God. That takes faith. Faith is what? Believing what God says is true. He didn't want there to be any doubt in anyone's mind that this was a virgin birth. He wanted them to know this is a virgin birth. And I so believe in it. I don't want anyone to even think anything otherwise. That's why that's even in the Word of God. He knew her not. He touched her not until she gave forth birth to the firstborn. And that it implies afterwards they had children. You say, well, how do we know that the people there didn't realize or didn't know or believe that this was supernatural? Well, all you got to do is read the Word of God and discover this. They said, is this not Jesus, Joseph's son, whose brothers and sisters we know? What did the people believe about Jesus? He was Joseph's son. No, Joseph was his stepfather. Joseph just cared for him here on earth. God the Father was the Father. But they said, this is Jesus, this is Joseph's son. How can he work these miracles? So can you imagine, beloved, what they had to face, the humiliation, the disgrace, all that the people would hurl their way? Coming against him for marrying her who was pregnant in those days and all that. Can you imagine that? But he stood firm in faith. He still believed God. He still cared for, for, for his family. And I'll tell you something else. He gave himself totally, not only to Mary, but also to Christ himself. Now, can you see this? Here is a man who knows this is not my child. This is not my biological child. And who knows the thoughts that could bombard his mind into thinking, why should I care for this kid? Why should I take care of this child? Is this really all true? Is this just a fairy tale? Is this manufactured or fabricated? Is this reality? But no, he gave himself to God. He gave himself to Mary. He gave himself to Jesus. He provided a home. He helped in his nurturing, development, his growth. He also taught him a trade. Joseph played that role perfectly. And regardless of what anyone would say, he did everything he could to give himself totally to protect that child and provide for that child all that was necessary for his growth and development. Even with the thoughts bombarding his mind, he may not be your own. There's a lot to learn from the life of Joseph with regard to faith. But I want you to see, beloved, that it doesn't start with us here in this generation. This message of, you've got to believe God's Word above your feelings, didn't just start with Kenneth Hagin or E.W. Kenyon or F.F. Bosworth or Kenneth Copeland or anybody like that. This message goes all the way back to the very beginning. God's dealing with man from the very beginning. And you can see it in everything that God says. In, in every act of redemption there's faith how do I apply this to my life how do we apply these things to our lives first of all make a decision to be a person of faith 
Make a decision to be a believing person. Make a decision as only you can for yourself to set aside the thoughts, the emotional feelings, the human reasonings that are always trying to dictate to our lives and say, wait a minute, let me give deep thought to this. What does God have to say about this? Be one who says, I choose like Joseph to be a believing person even in the face of these contradictory circumstances. And beloved, that's a deep-seated thing when you talk about a man realizing or thinking that his wife was unfaithful to him. Be a person of faith that says, I choose to find out what God said and I choose to allow that to dominate my life, just like Joseph did. Even though the appearance of it all is contradictory or adverse, I still choose to believe what God said. Be a person who says that even though life is hurling things my way seemingly faster than what I can think, even though it seems like tragedies are happening all around me, circumstances are adverse all around me, situations make life difficult, and life very hard for me, regardless, it doesn't matter to me, I will not give up my faith. The birth of Christ was a miraculous manifestation of the power of the Most High God. His birth is designed and purposed to let us know that God cares so much about us, and God loves us so much, He can be trusted. To help us in our hour of need. He sent him to come to this earth to let us know we can believe and trust our Heavenly Father and His Word. Be a person who says, I am one of faith. I believe God. And when you celebrate this Christmas season, the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, remember Joseph. Remember his faith. Remember, he was a believing person, and if he can do his part to believe beyond his human reasoning, we can do our part to believe beyond our human reasonings. Remember that. He had to do it. Mary's, we'll talk about Mary's possibly next week. You know, Mary's circumstances, they're just as, as serious as Joseph's were. Because she had to believe apart from her, her reasoning, didn't she? But we're looking at Joseph today. But you see, Mary had to do the same thing. What I'm saying is we all have to do the same thing, don't we? Every single one of us has to do the same thing. We've got to set aside these feelings and emotions and reasonings and say, I exalt the Word of God above it all. Can you see that? We all have to. Whether it's we're in Joseph's shoes, whether we're in Mary's sandals. Do you see that? We all have to do it in our own way and within our own lives. Be that person of faith who believes and don't give up your faith regardless of the appearances around you. Secondly, be a caring person. Use your faith to care about people. You say, how is that an act of faith? Faith without corresponding actions is dead. You know what? When the heart becomes hardened, the person is less caring. Did you hear that? When the heart becomes hardened, the person is less caring. Love of God is not freely flowing through that life. It's going to take your faith to say, that person hurt me, but you know what? I'm still going to care. Because what you're going to demonstrate by that is the love of God and the presence of God. Isn't Emmanuel meaning God with us? Well, who is in you? The hope of glory, Jesus Christ, the Christ child. Isn't he inside you? 
Well, he's a caring person also. And if he is present in our lives, he should make us caring. Stop hurting one another. Be a person who says, I'm not going to, even though I've been hurt by someone, don't hurt someone else. Don't even hurt that person back. Maintain an attitude like Joseph had. I'm still not going to hurt her. I'm still not going to humiliate her. I'm still not going to disgrace her, even though I hurt so bad. Don't do it. And so we see here an example of one using his faith, acting out this part to care for somebody, even though he was hurt. So get your mind off your own troubles by caring for somebody else. It'll be an act of your faith and God will establish you in it. God will lay a foundation for your life and you'll begin to see that your faith will grow by leaps and bounds. And finally, how can I apply this to my life today? Be a giving person. First of all, use your faith to give yourself totally to God. As a matter of fact, we should all take inventory, should we not? Ask yourself this question this morning. Am I totally given to God this morning? Have I given myself to God? Am I giving myself to God daily? As Joseph did? Am I giving myself to spirit things to be deeply spiritual like Joseph was? Be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And Joseph did. I believe that God was well pleased with Joseph's actions. Don't you? And without faith, you can't what? You can't please God. And so Joseph pleased God by his faith. It took tremendous faith to give himself totally to God in all these things. To believe she was with child of the Holy Ghost. To believe something so far-fetched. Beloved, listen to me. Today in the hour in which we live right now, do you know how many challenge the virgin birth? You know how many write against the virgin birth? It has even infiltrated the very church itself. The so-called church itself. They're writing and saying these are nothing but myths and fairy tales. Well, you know what? We believe it to be true. We believe the Word of God. Like Joseph did, we believe it. But can you imagine being in his shoes, fellow out there, how much more difficult it would have been for him to believe it wasn't your wife. But it was his. To go back to Isaiah and say, Isaiah, a virgin shall conceive, and down to the ages, it's Mary, my wife. I find that hard to grab a hold of. What about you? Her name could have been Sue or whoever. Someone else's wife. But yet it would have been a person. But to single yourself out and say, it's me, Joseph, my wife. Why me? I just want to marry this girl. What's going on here? And do you think that their lives then were the normal life? I mean, they, they had to run for their lives. Do you see what they had to go through just to fulfill the plan of God? Give yourself to God. Give yourself to God. Give yourself to spiritual things. Make a decision that you'll put God first in your life like Joseph did. Give yourself to your mate like Joseph did. Let him be an example to all of us that you will care You'll believe in. I can only imagine when they finally got together, how they sat down to supper, you know, and said, um, uh, Mary, honey, you mind now telling me all about this? It took place. Can you imagine that? 
See, we can read Luke, go right in there and say, well, Joseph, we could have told you. But you see, he didn't know any of this. He only, know what the, he only knew what the angel said. So now he says, Mary, let, let's, let's kind of rehearse this whole thing. Now tell me exactly how that happened. Well, honey, you know, I was just there and all of a sudden this angel appeared to me. Let me show you something here. Mary is one who accepted the Word of God because she was like Joseph. She believed God. She gave herself, right? She cared enough and she gave herself to God. But you know, Zacharias had the same angel visit him and he didn't speak the right thing. How many of you remember that story? Can you see that human beings have a decision in this? We have a choice in this? But still, wouldn't you love to have been there and just see how they talk this thing through? I'll tell you something else about this, the, the very fact that she became with child of the Holy Ghost, how, that, how important that is. Can you imagine that woman had the abiding presence of God on her from that moment on until that child was born? Did you hear that? That woman had the presence of Jehovah God, Emmanuel, God with us in her womb from that moment on until that child was born. You talk about a presence. That's why her soul magnified the Lord. That's why her spirit rejoiced in God her Savior. Because he that is mighty hath done great things, and holy is his name. That woman was electrified with the power and presence of the living God. And I could just, would love to just listen to her in her own way, with her own expressions, tell Joseph how it happened. Oh, honey, you, 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 you have to see this vision. I mean, there they are. She's sitting down on one side of the table, he's on the other side, and she's telling him about Gabriel, you know, and all this visitation and salutation and all this. And he's saying, well, there I was ready to, you know, put you away privately, and all of a sudden, I didn't know what was going on. I just found out that you're pregnant and all this, and all of a sudden, you know, the angel appeared to me in the dream, and they started telling me that, go ahead and marry her because it's of the Holy Ghost and all. Can you imagine comparing those kind of notes? Great faith. Dedicated lives. Give yourself to your wife. Give yourself to your God. Give yourself to your wife. Give yourself to your children. Just like Joseph did. Oh, he cared for Jesus. Like I said, even though, though he knew this is not my own biological child, he cared for Jesus. And of course, you read in the Scriptures where it says, and they often wondered all this. What's going on? Remember when he's in the temple? He was teaching the teachers. He left them behind and, and they wondered where he was at and what in God and all that. He says, didn't you know I've got to be about my father's business? And they just wondered, pondered over these things. What does that tell you? They were human. Sometimes they may have forgotten. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's not our biological child. The Holy Ghost came. This is, this is the Messiah. You see how they probably warred with that over the years? Because he grew up like a natural human, just like anybody else would in the natural. So, beloved, be that person of faith. Be that caring person. And you be that giving person. And you will celebrate the greatest Christmas Amen. you've ever celebrated. Because you're going to have the presence of Emmanuel, God with you, throughout, not only the season, but throughout your life. Let's all stand together. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father. I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. 
If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.